trees right here, so. Oh, we topped Whoa. it. Whoa, he cold topped it. Okay. Ready to go. Yeah. Oh, we shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he on the sink. Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast. Hello, hello, hello again. It's Kevin and Mark. I'm actually in a very super hyperactive mood today, so that's what you're getting from me. <laughs> <laughs> What's brought this on? Oh, mate. Being to a place of zen over the weekend, haven't I? Oh, yeah. How was it? Unbelievable. What was Unbelievable. this golf-specific golf or life-specific? No, it was more like it was called A Course for Life with um, a fella called Martin Bone Meditation on Instagram. And the reason I'm saying that is because at the end of it, we had such a good buzz and a good vibe that he, he agreed to come on the podcast as well. Did he? Yeah. So he said, um, basically, he wouldn't come and talk golf specific, but he'll come and talk life that you can then transfer to life and, and use it in every situation, whether you like, it's basically all about living in the moment and like being calm and remaining present and not letting your thoughts get ahead of you and just taking time for yourself. And it was just go on all day about it, but it's just literally like about living in in your in your your lane and, and, and in your flow that he calls it and just basically doing everything that makes you happy so then you can make the people around you happy instead of trying to make them happy. And then when it doesn't happen or doesn't work, they're unhappy. So it's nice. it's it's a good concept on life basically. And it's just I've just been literally been using it so much like waking up five o'clock getting cold showers and Meditating every every morning and that man, I feel unbelievable for it. Sounds like you'd feel worse, don't it? But other other than you Zen, then how are we, Kev? Good, yeah, good. I've never been better, to be honest. Yeah, been to see um, David twice up since the um, lockdown started. Two more and than me. Two more than me, and I've been just working on me ten and some of the strikes I was pulling off in that studio before. Good. Oh, it's hard to transfer to the course, a piece of four rounds together, but that's what the winter's there for, isn't it? Just rain sessions and gym sessions, that's what we're going to try and do, aren't we? Definitely. We've had it open for nearly a week now, so how's your golf been? Have you played much? Because we haven't played yeah, together, played. have we? No, I haven't played with, with you, but I've played a couple of times, but phone be always a bit wet. It's a bit, um, I, I, my ball plugged three times on one hole. <laughs> I, spent, I spent a full, like, at least 15 minutes on the hole just looking, because I was like, that's a brand new ball. And I've nearly lost it twice. I'm not losing it. on a, a little flick and it just plugged. And I was like, what? Really? And looking yeah. everywhere, I found it under a little thing. And I just thought, it's not, it, you just can't score the way you want to score. And like, you're trying to like piece rounds together and it's just not happening. But I'm just taking it swing by swing. How about yourself? Tends to plug when you're there, when you're top of seven iron, lad. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was good, you know, yeah. Um, went the range Wednesday, Thursday, just to get back into it, and then played Friday. Found a swing from absolutely nowhere. Played really well. Shot one. We're only, we've only got nine holes open at the moment, so shot one over for the nine holes. Uh, took the money, me and DJ. Had a match against Dave and Coops at the club, so we took nice. the money there. And then on I didn't play Saturday, and then on Sunday... I've seen played. you with a couple of big boys on Sunday. A couple of big boys, yeah. Heidi and Sean, who we had on the professional route. Came up and had a game, and young Harry Begg, who's a yeah. young aspiring amateur, plays off plus four, I think. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was good just to watch good golfers play good good games. But we had a match. Uh, me and Heidi took on Sean and Harry. It was on as evens at the end, although it was quite controversial because on 16, the par five, Harry had a birdie put to, to win the hole. 
and um, it went in, but because the flags are stepped in, it, it bounced out, and we never give me. So, <laughs> bit of a rat, bit of a rat move. Do you know what? It's one of them with that. Like it's the flags in SNA are, are quite thin, aren't they? So you can't really. It can say it went in, but it didn't really do it because. No, but it, this would have went in. No, like we, we all looked at each other, and me and Hardy just went. No, nah, that's that's a. I think we had he's the birdie to half it because I I because I got a shot on that hole, so I got a um, I got a par, so he needs the birdie to half the hole and we won it. So we went one up. Had he actually birdied seventeen? And so they felt 50. sorry for you. They basically felt sorry for you and said, "All right, you can win that hole then." Basically, basically, <laughs> basically, I won two holes out the nine, <laughs> so I'm happy. <laughs> Was it with the different? I've never seen any. I've seen Harry at one shot. I've never seen Sean or Mark actually at the ball. The different graveyard. Do you know what it was? It was just the aggressive play. I noticed more than anything. It was driver off, driver everywhere, like on the forward tees. So it's a lot shorter the course. So fourth was drivable, fifteen was drivable, sixteen you can get up in two, and eighteen was drivable. And each one of those holes, they all went for it. So. Yeah, but it's like having it's like having your the, the lanes up in bowling though, isn't it? When you've got a partner and you're only playing pairs, it's like just you can just whack it and it yeah. doesn't matter. Well, but I obviously never, they pulled I it off as well. I took a six iron off all them tees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a little shit bag. Six iron wedge, <laughs> make me par get out of there. <laughs> Heidi drove four, um, Sean drove fifteen, put it put it to about ten foot, and Harry drove eighteen, put it to about ten foot. Or two pop babies, like such a such an easy game when you watch them play, but not that many bad shots really, considering how rusty they probably are because they haven't played. Just it was a good game, really. I actually played well as well. I'm playing quite well at the minute. Mate, I'm, like I've, I keep telling loads of like a few of my mates who like I speak to around here, they talk about the podcast. They're like you mention all the time, and I say, come on, have a game, let's play, let's play. And they're like, oh no, you're you're better than me. I'm not playing with you. You're better than me. And I'm like, yeah, playing with better players brings you on. Does, like obviously yeah. you're there with them three. Like I'm playing with three pros in the morning, and it's going to raise me game. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that's what you know it's mean? all about, isn't it? You play with you play with these fellas, and obviously they're used to shooting under par on a regular basis. Now can't remember when the last time I shot under par was. Yeah, probably never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only done that because you got me last week. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's. Um, you can relax because there's no pressure on you to perform. You're not expected to be. Yeah. You're not expected to hit better shots. Like me and you play with each other. We're of a similar similar ability, really, aren't we? You know not what I mean? really, but go on. <laughs> but we are. And obviously, you think you can beat me. I think I can beat you. Do you know what I mean? There's part of your game. You're better than me. There's part of my game. I'm well yeah, better definitely. than you. No, million percent. Million percent. So it's just with them, there's no pressure, really. You just go out and enjoy it. Like you say, it's better to play with better players sometimes because you're learning from them. It, it brings your attention in more, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. No, it was good. It was good to get out there and have a game. I'm in with. I haven't played Monday, Tuesday this week because I've been. In, we've been in the gym, haven't we? Just working on on the gym. Yeah. I know you've played as well. Uh, I just haven't found. Well, I just. I, I literally just seen it on after the gym on Monday, and I was like, it was summer shining. Look, it was dog shit weather today, and I was just like, I'm. It was two o'clock, and I thought, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna bomb up there now and just play four or five holes. I don't care. Yeah, but they're, they're the four, they're the four or five holes that'll get you prepped and ready for the summer, though. Those exactly, extra four yeah. or five holes that you're playing when someone like me can't be asked going out there in the night. You know what I mean? It's that's what it's about. But I'm in with David on Thursday. It's my first lesson for you know, a few months now. So nice, just see, just seeing on video and having put on some purpose to your practice. It's it's um 
it just helps you. You can hit balls all you want, but and you probably, as you know, you can strike it on the range all you want. But then you walk away from a range session, you've hit 100 balls, and if someone asks you, what have you worked on? How have you developed? What are you actually doing? You've got nothing. So you, you need to be in there seeing them. Well, I went, I went in and seen them probably when I'd first getting back into it. Went and seen them, got, got, me, got me swing on video. I felt ashamed, you know, looking at how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then... But then, obviously, over time, I've sort of listened to what David's told me on those couple of lessons we had. But then, not really practiced enough to embed it in my golf swing. But then, I've yeah. sort of, I've sort of found the swing somehow, and I've started to hit it better. But it'd be interesting to actually, I'm striking it much better than I was a couple of months ago. Now, be interesting to see whether fundamentally anything's actually changed, or whether I've just found something that I'm doing wrong. Mate, honestly, I thought it found something. Went to him and all I'd done was put it right back in my stance, opened my legs and started striking down on it. I thought I was hitting it well and then I wasn't. This is this is me fear, you see. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely rip me swing apart and I'm going to be like, oh no, this uh, this winter's going to be more difficult than I first thought. Uh, we've actually got a little secret, haven't we, for um, for, for our listeners only. Yeah, you to, if you book a, If you book a lesson with David, you have to walk in and go, Pokey Boy is dead. <laughs> <laughs> And he, and he gives you the discounts. That's the only way you can do it. Is that so, what it is? It's listeners. I've just made that up then, but <laughs> I'm going to tell them that's what it is. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, he has got a code, hasn't he? No, he has got a code, but it wasn't working. So I was like, instead of posting it on social media, it can be a listeners only one. Yeah. So exclusive here on the podcast, uh, probably from next week, maybe. We'll have a we'll have a code for everyone to get some for, for anyone who wants to go and get a lesson with Dave, get some discounts off your lessons and off your packages. But the, there was another another exclusive. Sean was trying out on his on his drive a Korean shaft called Autoflex. Koreans have come up with this material in a shaft. It's an extra extra stiff shaft. But do you know when you do that test where you put the club head on the floor and you sort of get the butt of the club and you push it down to see how stiff it is, and yeah. it, sometimes it'll. If it's really stiff, it won't move. Well, this yeah. is a double X stiff shaft, and it bent like a regular, like probably worse than a regular. So I was so like, what, what, was, does, was, what does that do? Like, I've no idea. It's 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 new technology that the Koreans have brought out. It's called Autoflex, and they're being very secretive about what it's made out of and everything. It's being tested, and it's getting good reviews. But Sean gave me a shot with it on eighteen, and I, and I knocked it just short of the green. And bearing in mind. I did my driver three times and every single time knocked it off the planet. So <laughs> to, <laughs> to get that, I was like, right, I think I think I've sort of been shafted. I don't know what driver I'm getting for the, for next for next summer. Do you know how much they are? Eight hundred pounds. Fuck off. For a shaft. Eight hundred pounds. So maybe I'll go for something a bit different. <laughs> yeah, maybe wait till that technology gets ironed out and all that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Wait I don't know what the, what, do you don't know any the science behind like the wire flexes like that or what what the I don't is, I don't I do know if you if you search autoflex Korean oh, autoflex there is there's a there's a review team like the people who review the clubs and review shafts and do the YouTube videos and um, there's a team of people um, over in America who've done a full 10 15 minute video of it I haven't got the chance to watch it yet but they go into it and go into detail and and test it on the on the simulator and. I'm gonna to have to watch it to see exactly what it is, but it just hit. You, when you feel it, it feels really flexible. And yeah, then that maybe it's stiff, but it gives you a little bit of uh, whip through the ball, gives you a bit more speed or whatever. Well, I think no. that's what it's aim, the aim is obviously for the speed, so it doesn't <laughs> stop the speed and getting the getting the tension in the shaft. No idea, but we'll find out anyway. 
Yeah, we will. Definitely. I don't, don't know whether anyone on tour is using it. It sounds like breaking news, that to me. Breaking news exclusively on the Bogey Boys podcast. You hear it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about tours, we had three three events, two across the European tour and one across the yeah. PGA tour, didn't we, this week? So I had to keep up, wasn't it, on the old telly? It was. There was plenty to watch, wasn't there? And some low scores as well. Yeah, not us. Especially in Dubai. Yeah, in Dubai, yeah. Andy Sullivan opened up with a ridiculous 11 under par. I know, yeah. He, he led the I, whole um, way, didn't he? They say that, like, when you when things are like, when he's obviously things were going his way and, like, he was just, everything was, was going right for him and his mindset was right. And he actually mentioned uh, Lee Crumbleholm in his in his interview afterwards, after the round. That's and he's a man that we've uh, we've been pestering on Instagram to get him to come on the podcast and do a bit of a uh, psychology talk with us, haven't we? So when you look at Andy Sullivan, he's led the whole way through this this week, hasn't he? Shoots shoots his lights out first round, then he's got a couple of shots lead second round, then a couple of shots lead third round, and he gets caught. I think it was on like fourteen, wasn't it? He was him and Rosner, yeah. So we shared the lead on fourteen, both twenty four under, and then that's when Rosner made his first bogey. So this is talking about obviously the mental side of the game. Andy Sullivan's won on tour before. Rosner's never been in this position. He was a, he was a challenge tour graduate. He's bogeyed fifteen, made his first mistake. Sullivan's parred fifteen. He's got a one shot lead. Then you have got the drivable sixteenth. Yeah. Rosner goes for it, gets up and down, gets his beard, he gets back the lead, and you see what Sullivan's done on sixteen. Yeah, and then he well, he chipped up and then three putted it. Chipped up and three-putted it, and it's out of nowhere, though. I think it was like only 30 foot away. I know you say only 30 foot, but I mean, you don't expect to hold them all the time, but you don't expect a three-put from 30 foot, do you? Then going down 17, they both par it, and then Rosner, with his one-shot lead, ends up making a clutch birdie on the, on the last to take home his first maiden victory on the European Tour, ends up winning by two. Some of the, the scoring, it's like, it's like um, we had Chris Anton, and he's saying like some of the events suited him where you can plod it round three unders and that, but them 24 unders, or what, what, what was it, 20... 25, he finished 23 in the second under. place, yeah. Like, come on. But this is it. It's a few stats from the, from the tournament as well. So, Rosner, obviously, I'd never heard of him before the tournament. I don't know about you. Didn't even know who he was, but obviously, he's, no, come, no. Off, he's come off from the Challenge Tour. I um, think he was the 425th um, winner to go from the Challenge to the to win on the European Tour. Didn't have yeah. a stat for you. If anyone gives a fuck about that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was the um, he was the longest of the week, 326 yards, first in driving distance, yeah. So got a bit. Yeah, got a I've bit. seen what's the par five with the bunkers on the left? I think it's 18 to par five. Eight, yeah, with the well, 18 on the it was left, then, yeah. yeah. He hit one down there, that wasn't it? And it, it, it I don't think didn't get measured on the actual coverage, but it was a monster. Yeah, right down like, there. Uh, every single shot I've seen him hit, he was re- rinsing it down the middle. So, so, he was, so sorry, so you said he was the longest for the week. 326 average, yeah, he was the longest for the week. Hey, that's got to be, I reckon, well, since we've been talking about distance, apart from Bryceman in the US Open, that's the first time that I can remember that the longest driving distance has won the tournament. Fact check. Or are we, are we, are we, are we having that one? Bryson, <laughs> when, when he won, won the US Open, he was yeah, the And then the since then, I can't remember saying, ah, yeah, see, look, distance has won that. Yeah. Every time it's been, see, distance doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Until now, so this is what's bringing it to my attention. Three hundred and twenty-six yards. He's got it the furthest out there. His driving accuracy sixty-five percent. His putting average was, was okay, twenty-seven point five total puts per round, uh, averaging that, and he hit seventy percent of greens for the week. Obviously, does you to shoot um fucking twenty-five under, doesn't it? That's what I mean. He's he's bombing it down there because it's not a short course, is it? So distance is definitely key around there. It's the same this week. 
in the, in the in the tour championship. They're playing the same playing on the same estate, aren't they? Jim and I estate, but it's a different course. Different course, yeah. I seen um Matt Wallace struggling off the tee a bit, wasn't he? He was obviously getting it round. He was up there. He was like nineteen or nineteen or twenty one under after three rounds and then Yeah, he sort of he, he had a couple of big duck hooks, not duck hooks, but like penalties and dropping and off the tee, and I was thinking, yeah, if he if he was he's like the biggest name on the leaderboard, really. I know Sullivan's yeah. won before, but Wallace is like probably the highest ranked, wasn't he? Yeah, for from a world ranking perspective, Seemed a bit, yeah, a bit disappointing, yeah, yeah, he would, yeah. Well, I just thinking, um, one person I was impressed with that Lorenzo Vera, like he shot 65 65 over the weekend to come second, and obviously, I don't think that makes him into next week, but some of the golf he played, like, it just it proper impressed me, like. Yeah, the talent that's out there now, even obviously you see how packed that field was with talents in Dubai this week and Rosner, somebody who's just come up from the challenge tour. I don't know what his season's been like, but he made a, he made a he made a massive jump in the in the race to Dubai to get in there. That's what I mean, that's what a win does for you, doesn't it? Yeah. So one surprise was though when I was looking at the statistics, Jordan Smith, he hit ninety percent of greens this week, but only finished twenty fifth. Shut up. Yeah, ninety percent of greens in regulation because only finished twenty fifth in the tournament. I think he was like fifteen or sixteen under par, so it just must have been a real struggle for him on the so putting it, greens. Yeah, but maybe is he not holding them all, or then that ten percent when he's missing, is he not getting up and down, and that's costing him as well during the double whammy? Oh, yeah, he could be making big scores on the ones that he's not. Do you know what I mean? He could have a couple of eights in there or something. I didn't look at his oh, score. Ninety percent, man. But yeah, ninety percent of greens, and he's and he's only finishing twenty fifth, not even like a top ten finish. So uh, he was. He only uh, missed like seven greens all week. Yeah, seven greens in four rounds, mate. Seven greens in four on. rounds, and he's and he's only he's only finished twenty twenty fifth. So it's obviously put put is Putin's letting him down, or he's having some big scores out there when he's when he's having a bad hole. I say he's play, playing well, tee to green, obviously. Um, yeah. but he's he's lucky it didn't cost him his place this week because he's fifty ninth out of sixty. He was. Okay, so can you imagine you you play that well and you put a let you down and it means you don't go the following week? It's like we talk about Tommy with the hitting the greens, they look for birdie, look for birdie, look for birdie, and you're just frustration, frustration, frustration. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean, yeah. Exactly. Hey, right. I see I seen a funny one there, and I think it's something that we'd say one of the commentators I was I think it was on the put after Sullivan three putted, can't remember who it was, but he went, Ah, oh, all that was wrong there was the line and the pace. Well he would have had that. <laughs> like it sounded like he was being dead serious, and I was like, "Is he taking a piss there?" I was like, "It didn't. He's not to take the piss." Commentator, do you know what I mean? Do you know it's so funny? You should say that, right? Because I come out with that statement once and got absolutely annihilated for it in America. So where I was staying in America, just about half an hour down the road, there was a floodlit golf course where we used to go and play night golf. Oh, and it, should do need that yet. Unbelievable. So we'd go and play quite often, to be fair, in, in the winter months when it was a bit colder and darker early. So I remember us being on the green, a couple of Scottish lads, me and DJ it was, and I hit this putt and I just come out of nowhere and I was like, ah, oh, all that needed there was to be on the right line and the right pace and that would have went in. And they all looked at me and went, never. <laughs> I was like, what, what have I just said there? And that was it. Every time someone hold a putt, then he went, oh, if only that was the right pace and the right line, that would have went in that. <laughs> I got absolutely terrored for about <laughs> six months until I left. It's probably the reason I left that. Yeah. So basically, you're just coming out and basically saying that you got bullied out of America. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we'll, we'll set up a campaign for you, go fund me or something. The duplicate European tour event this week. Um, yeah, or, the SA Open. The SA Open. And he's done it again to us. We can't pronounce his second name, but he's won it again. Do you know he? what? I actually wrote this down. Ben Zedenhout. Ben, ben. Zedenhout. Ben Zedenhout. 
Why have I just... You didn't. Oh, why have I all of a sudden just got a South African accent? <laughs> why, why have you just turned into a pure Zimbabwean? <laughs> Start speaking Afrikaans in a minute. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Brilliant. But he was at it again, wasn't he? Christian. At it, though. I'll call him Christian. So Christian, Christian yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. And, you know, we spoke last week about his statistics, and I know I like a stat or two, but... We it's said so it's- good that you like stats because I just don't like looking at them. You hate <laughs> me brain. I love listening to you tell me them though. <laughs> but do you know we said, didn't we, that 115th or 116th um, on the European tour for Greens and regulation he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously last week we looked and he was over 80%, wasn't he? So he yeah. was hitting more Greens and... Because he was, he was second games. for the week, was he last week? He was second for the week last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's gone, he's gone one better this week. He hit eighty-two percent of greens, so nice. he was first for greens in regulation this week. So we did mention it last week. He seems like the type of player if he gets it on the greens because of how good the short stick is with him, he's always going to be up there or thereabouts. So it seems to be the short stick from long distance though, because he boxes monsters, doesn't he? Yeah, he literally does his control and his pace. When he misses, he only just misses. Like I don't know whether he's got. Like an eye for reading greens or whatever, but it's always there or thereabouts. They're always so close. Yeah. Well, he's obviously got an eye for reading greens. That's <laughs> another statement for me there. <laughs> don't know if he's got an eye for reading greens, but every time he uses the puzzle, he gets it by the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a fucking roll today. You're slime, are you slime. <laughs> you should write a book. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, did all... you see him? Like, when he, I watched his interview and he said, Oh, it's just so nice to win your national anthem. <laughs> to win your national anthem? <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, all four rounds in the 60s. Um, he won by five this week after winning by four last week. And he becomes the first player to win by four or more in consecutive weeks since Ian Woosnam back in the 90s. No, good then. Last, well last, last person to win by four or more consecutively on the European tour, yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, unbelievable tournament again. It's so good, yeah. Did you see that um Scott Vincent? He's from Zimbabwe, like little ginger fellow with beard. Yeah, yeah. And he had his he had his beard on the back with his, like the hot pants on every day. <laughs> unbelievable. I was like, what the hell? I got sussed you. And he had a fully <laughs> he had a fully double strap big tour bag on it. You know what I mean? Like when you see them with the birds, Caddy, they usually have like a, a, a stand bag or something. A little stand bag, yeah. Yeah. He's like, if, like you get, if, you get paid, if you're getting paid, girl, you're going to earn your wage. Do the job, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. She's probably yeah. talking equal rights and he's like, go on then, get on the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Another but, fella that I watched that here, JC Ritchie, did you see him? Yeah, JC Ritchie. Yeah, it looked like he just stepped straight out the boozer, didn't he? And I just went, I didn't see him getting in the bunker. I thought it was a fucking fan invasion. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like waddled over and like flicked it out the bunker. I was like, who the fuck's this guy? I love them ones, the ones who just look like they don't give a fuck and they yeah, just like turn a, up. Like and... the um, Harry Higgs or the guys. Yeah, Harry Higgs. They just yeah. turn up. What's happening? And then just bang. Shoot a 66. There you I go. Know, it's mad, isn't it? <laughs> hey, in other news as well, Marcel seems still playing golf. Seen him popping around the leaderboard. I thought he was gone. I seen him. Hey. <laughs> it's about as best as you're getting from me, that. That's it. That's your lot now. Back, to, back, back in your box. Back to your statistics. Talking <laughs> yeah. statistics, though, we like the, we like the bombs off the tee. We love them. Christian Benenzinut, again, only hitting 55% of fairways. He was 42nd in the field and 49th in distance. He averaged 314 yards, which seems like a lot, but obviously you've got to take the... Weather, altitude and all that. Take the altitude into account, yeah. So mm. he... But 
leading the Bombers this week. We speak about him every week. Wilco. Wilco Neymar. Neymar, yeah. Do you know how far he hit it on average this week? Go on. 362.63 yards, man. Mate, every time I hear him, mate, I just can't get the scene of Happy Gilmore with Chubbs Peterson saying to Happy Gilmore, all we got to do is develop the rest of your game. Then you'll be unstoppable, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to post it. I'm going to try and make a little video of that with him standing there because it's literally like exactly what he needs, isn't it? Well, he's made it this week, hasn't he? He's 58th on the race of Dubai rankings. What yeah, was someone he... needs to give Reed a fucking good kneecap, and they don't need to, to be winning that. Yeah, they do. And Tommy. To be fair. And one more mention for the, for the SA Open this week Dylan Fratelli. We mentioned, didn't we, after the. Uh, a good return of golf for him after the Masters. He finished third alone at 11 under. There's obviously seven seven shots off the lead in the end. But just behind sold second place, the Welshman, Jamie Donaldson. He was five yeah. back at 13 under. Watch the final round highlights there. And, um, they all, all, I don't know who he was playing with. They were really playing with Pappas, but he was 70 yards ahead of his playing partners on, on that one particular hole that I watched as it was making me dinner. <laughs> <laughs> just managed to catch him. Third after his good finish at the Masters, so he's obviously playing well. One to look out for this week on the race yeah. to the bye, which we'll come on to review later as, as the European Tour comes to an end. But one more tournament to review on the on the PGA Tour this time is the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Another good event, a win for... Big Victor Hovland. Big Victor Hovland, yeah. Second win after winning the Puerto Rico Open in February this year. She's had two in 2020, obviously. Well, I posted on the socials, did you see it? Matty Wolf, Morikawa and Hovland. Uh, beginning of last year and the beginning of this year, the stats like top 10 wins, yeah, world rankings, and like the, the season that all three of them have had, it's like it's ridiculous. Five old boys, do you know what I mean? Really good. But we spoke earlier, didn't we, about obviously looking at the statistics and things. And Hovland, he had one three put, Hovland, which isn't too bad, but he had a total of 116 puts for the week, which averages 29 puts per day. And you compare that to Harris English who led the field in putting, he only had 105 putts for the week. Just in putts alone, Harris English, who ended up finishing sixth in the end, four shots behind, but he gained 11 shots on Hovland on the green. Well, that's only, but then one put can be missing the green chip, put one put, missing the green chip, put one put, where Hovland's in the green and two put, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose you're right, yeah. His, his driving average for the week, Hovland, um, his distance, 300 yards. He was eighth longest out there this week. Um, he had 36 of 56 fairways, just under 65%. But it was his approach play that impressed me the most, similar to Ben Zanut. Uh, he only missed 11 greens all week, uh, giving himself 61, 61 looks, which helped him get towards 20 under, and that was enough to win by one. Yeah, and it's 12 foot on the last one, a bit of stones on him holding that. Unbelievable. You know what I mean? A couple of mentions here, didn't it, for that Mayor Bank? What, the Mayor Bank, what's it called? The Mayor Class? Mayor? Mayor Cobra. Oh. Mayor Cobra, I've got Mayor Bank written down here for some reason. Um, <laughs> Grillo, that man, Emmanuel Grillo, everything, he doesn't seem to be, he obviously plays good golf, but when he seems to get in positions, like he's like up there leading, he just seemed dead negative and dead like, just start making mistakes. So that's another thing, you've got to think it's all mental, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. It's you just know, like Tony Finau a bit, isn't it? Tony Finau was up there. And then yeah. the, the same old story with him as well. It's just, I feel, like to, like, get, I feel like he gets a hole in one every week as well. He had another one there. Who did? Fina. Oh, I missed that. Did he get a hold yeah. of one? Yeah, yeah. Didn't see that. Yeah, man. Brilliant. And then and another one where Fina put it into the, the which what looked like the shite and he was going to have a mare, called the rules official over and then where did he put, took his drop? don't know how long his drive is, but he took two club lengths. He was basically on the green, putting for par. 
sounds like fucking hell. What's going on here? Just to learn that trick. Definitely, yeah. Let's get that trick in the bag. Uh, and another little sick highlight from that, um, the one in the golf, what's it called? The Mayor Classic. Yeah, may, may, right. we'll go with that. Yeah, Mayor Classic. The, the golf in the PJ Tour. The Mexican um, Open. The PJ Tour in Mexico. <laughs> uh, Brendan Steele had an albatross. Yeah, seeing that one. That was that? Some so, shot, wasn't it? So good to see them. It actually Andy. lipped in. It like lipped in and round them when, like, when it went in. Unreal. All in all, a good shot. <laughs> all in all. You got a two on it. Mate, and another thing, Brandon fucking steel facing my star calling him because he literally had a two and just was like, you obviously can't see my face because it's a podcast, but literally like blank face, no expression. Talked to his caddy and like mentioned something about in the, in the back. There was no fireworks. There was no backflips. There was no dancing. Loser. Idiot. What we call him in the game. Yeah. Brandon steel face. One other mention before we move on to um, our birdie bogey bus for the week is Andy Ogletree. He made his first professional appearance on the tour. Off to, oh, a, yeah. off to a flyer. Six under he was uh, after the first two rounds. Comfortably made the cut. The cut was one under. Um, but rounds of 70 and 73, so he was one over for the weekend. Uh, tied 46th, so he took home his first professional check. Do you know how much he won for that? 40 and 21k. Does you done it? For your first event, does yeah? Make it a crimbo money. That's it, indeed. Exactly. I'll tell you another, another little. Di- let me tell you the disappointment from this, from this um, thing and his statement that he, when he said, and you'll know who it is now when I say this. I only practice for the majors. Do the do the the golf. I um, I just turn up, and that's what you see is what you get when when I turn up and play. Brooks, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, he missed the cut, didn't he, on the missed button? The cut. Yeah, he you missed the bike one. Like that attitude's good when you win a majors and you're relevant in golf talk. But when you you fade off a bit and you like like Project Harrington won like a couple of majors, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't I can't believe what I'm hearing here. What? I can go back two three months ago. Ooh, Brooks, this. Ooh, Brooks, that. Mate, I've, I I can't remember them episodes. <laughs> team team to Chambeau. <laughs> the... It's just it, it's just annoying, isn't it? There's always this talk in football, isn't it? That like once. Footballers get that contract, they lose the passion, they lose the love for the game. It's like because he's made it and financially he's okay and he probably has a, an, an amazing lifestyle. Hunger. Has he lost the hunger? Is he thinking? Well, I, did, I did see him getting fed grapes off his bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing there? <laughs> Pablo Escobar or what? Okay, no. But yeah, I just think that if you are going to turn up at the majors and win them and you can have that attitude, but I think if you're missing the cuts in every other event, it's, it's not good, is it? No, it's not. You lose your fans like you'd lost me. <laughs> there you go. Once, <laughs> once you've lost one half of the bogey boys, there's no coming back. Yeah, you're fucked. That's it. No, but good. three good events, really. So Andy Sullivan, just a lucky in Dubai there. Then you've got Christian Benenzenut. You go on. What's his name? We'll call him Big Christian. Big Christian wins the South African Open and then Hovland takes his second event. I'm interested to see how Hovland does next year, to be fair, because he's a cracking player, isn't he? By the way, if you'd never, if you didn't know he was from Norway, you would never think he was, would you? No. He's the most perfect speaker. He speaks better English than Kepka. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's done the four years in America, didn't he? College golf. He comes through yeah. the college ranks, yeah. Yeah. It's mad to think that, like, say someone that does a podcast in, like, 20 years, like, some of these people we're talking about now as rookies could be, like, in the, their golf debates. You know what I mean? You never know. Birdie bogey bus for the week, then? Well, back-to-back Benny. <laughs> we'll call him Benny. Chris Benny. He's, Chris up to Benny. Fi- he's up to fifth now in the race to Dubai. Top five. Yeah. He's got Sit a great down. chance of winning it, given the form. 
be amazing if he does. Yeah, but no, you're yeah. right. Winning two in a row, first person to win consecutively by four or more on the European tour since Ian Woosnam in the 90s. He's playing unbelievable golf, isn't he? If he hits, if he hits greens next week, expect him to be up there. He's all comfy now in his little South African bubble, isn't he? So we'll see how he gets on when he when he gets out of there. Bit of jet lag. Yeah. See what's going on all over the His man hasn't got the tea on every night, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the bogey this week. Well, because for, for your golf, like, or for, you're going yeah. to say No, my golf wasn't bogey. My golf was birdie <laughs> material, let me tell you. <laughs> You be talking, don't you be talking my golf down. I was absolutely flying this weekend. <laughs> don't know how long that's gonna last, but we'll see. No, it was what I spoke about before. The new I had in my head this vision when I hit that drive on 18, and it was just short of the green with that new shaft that was in my head. I was thinking I'll have to get that new Cobra speed driver that's just, just being released, get that new shaft put in it. And then I've seen the price of the new Cobra driver, and I've seen the price of this shaft, and I'm thinking I'm not paying. £1,200 for one golf club to just end up whacking it into the abyss anyway. <laughs> so the, oh bogey, the bogey for the week is the price of that shaft. <laughs> yeah, I can't even call you the minge because that's exactly what I'd be thinking as well. Yeah, exactly. If there's any if there's any Korean um, salespeople listening to the podcast, which we know you're not, but if yeah. you are and you want to send a few shafts over <laughs> for the bogey... We haven't, we haven't expanded our reach into... Um... Asia, yet, have we really? Not yet, no. We'll Not get yet. there. I like your, I like your, your style. There we go. I was going to say that I tried one of the lad shafts. I was like, oh, boss, I'm going to go. Like, if I love this, I'm going to go on eBay and buy one. And he was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, four or five hundred quid. And I was like, what? Uh, what? What is that? What's happened to golf over the last five years, to be fair? I don't know, man. It's like everything. Not cheap anymore, is it? No. £500 for the shaft. See you later. Man, fuck that. The bust for the week. Got to be the passing of. Uh, Peter Alice, hasn't he? Yeah, it has. Le- legend of the game. Very, very sad, yeah. The voice 89. of the Open Championship. 89 years of age, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you know, he was um, he, he was given an honorary life membership of the European Tour in 2003. Yeah, I read that. It's nice to yeah. mention And he was inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame in 2012. And they're going to be giving out black armbands for players and caddies this week to show Ribbon, the respects. Ribbons, isn't it? Ribbons, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ribbons. Very sad. Very sad. Very sad indeed. So that's the bus for the week. The the voice. I, I, the I, I, how funny is this? I, I like not not funny whatsoever. But how much this? Like the way the first year didn't have the Open Championship, and then he does. Yeah. So you mentioned it there, the goat debate. Yeah. It's well. I'm going to stop you there in your tracks. Just hold your horses. It's not called the goat debate this week. It's called the Phil Mickelson fact file. Have a little listen to Kev, and then the goat is takes the stage. Because <laughs> there's not much of a debate. I think it was 99.1% on it on the votes. Yeah, it was. We had one person vote for Phil Mickelson. We had 80 votes in total. So thanks for everyone who's getting involved. The numbers keep. Yeah, we're getting more on the votes now. We're getting more active on yeah. the socials, aren't we? 79 for Tiger and one for Phil. And that wasn't even me. <laughs> was it? it wasn't you this time. Fucking the votes up now. <laughs> I actually voted for Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hard not to. We'll explain uh, in a minute. I'll let you go first. You can give your facts about Phil, and then we'll get into Arman Tiger. But yeah. it just, just to, just to conclude the the previous generational goat discussions that we've had. So we put a post debate vote to Faldo. Faldo took it again. 
um, yeah. over Norman. So he joins Jack Nicholas, Bobby Jones, and Ben Hogan, four of the five. Uh, I know we're going to talk about Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson now as a as a generational goat to be, but I think we can be pretty certain that Tiger's going to be joining next week. So next week we'll discuss the five of them, and then we'll put a final vote out there for for the for the golf goat. Yeah, well, it's one of them as well. Like I said last week, or I've said like one of the weeks anyway, that there's a few other players that we've missed out that we're gonna we're gonna include them in the goat debate and maybe see if they can knock anyone out. Because I want to do a nice little segment on Mo Norman. Mo yeah. Norman, what a guy! Well, what a guy, man. So, and then anyone else want to bring in? It's a few Harry player. Gary Player, Tom Watson, yeah. Seve Ballesteros, yeah. the list goes on. You've even got the ones now, Dustin Johnson starting to make a name for himself. Yeah, Obviously, so we'll, he hasn't had enough time yet, but you've got we'll what Rory's a, done in the game. Yeah, we'll pick a few more um, players just to like add a little bit of fun to it and see if we can knock anyone out on the socials. And if they do, then we'll we'll review them sort of thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we will. We'll we'll put it, we'll put them out there and then we'll we'll get a fi- we'll get a we'll get a final selection of players and then We'll go from there. So right. take it take it away then, Kevin. You've got some work to do to convince the listeners anything different. So, um, so go first before I get into the main man himself. So for all intents and purposes, this fella sounds very, very English. Philip Alfred Mickelson. Huh, Alfie? He's known as Lefty. Why oh, is that? Well, this is the point. Because he plays golf left-handed. But <laughs> that's the only thing that he does left-handed. So... Oh, and the only reason that he does that left-handed is because when his dad used to be in shots, he'd stand mirroring him and, and copy him. Oh, like it was copy a his dad like that. So I don't know why his dad didn't just say, like, yeah, son, turn around. <laughs> I'm sure you know how to do it properly, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, like, I don't actually know what's going on there, but that's how he become left-handed, do you know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. It's more of a fact file on Mickelson this than, a, um, than the debate, really. He's an absolute legend for doing ad- them, that advert with his volley and golf balls. And have you seen it when he's hitting the ninja kicks? The ninja kicks, Zach Johnson, isn't it? When he kicks a bottle off his head. Although that's the one where he, he kicks that off his head. And then, cousin, I think on the back of that, he actually got an advert then oh, where I'm he's doing a it. dance and he's dancing and he's doing ninja kicks. Haven't you seen it? Mate, no, I've not seen it. The funniest thing you'll ever see, man. Oh, so he's just, I think, in fact, actually, it's more of a goat to be because he's the goat for even doing that advert. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll post it on um, on Instagram later so you, can, so you can have a look at it. Funny, man. Very yeah. funny. This is another thing that he's probably done that Tiger hasn't done. Um, he was inducted into the National Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame in 2008 because his mum and dad are Sicilian-Portuguese. Okay. So there you go. That's a little one up on target. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you'll else need, you'll done, need more than one. There's something else that he's done that Tiger hasn't done. He took two drivers to the Masters, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> one, to, one to it to fade and one to it to draw. <laughs> Is that not cheating, though? <laughs> well, you can do what you want, can't you? Shows um, how absolutely shite he is off the tee, then. Calm it. Um, another, another thing that he's done that Tiger's never done is a mad big backwards flop shot over the bunker and hole. Have you seen that? Have you seen that video? I have seen that, yeah. That's <laughs> unbelievable. But yeah, no, it's just a bit of teasing with the Tiger stuff. It's won five majors, uh, three Masters, one Open and one PGA. And he's um, he's had 27 top fives in majors. He's had, obviously, he's had a stellar career, hasn't he? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, he's not won the US Open, but he's been runner up six times. So If you're not first, you're last. Yeah, that's it. He's second all-time on the money list 
the um, PJ Tours money list. Don't know who's first. Like, not really care. I think we know. We <laughs> know who's first. <laughs> He's never won the FedEx Cup. That doesn't help anything, but it's just a stat. <laughs> <laughs> He's played 12 President Cups and 12 Ryder Cups. That, uh, that's a record that dates back to 1994. That kept going for like 24 years. Amazing. So that's that's good, isn't it? What's his record? Is his record on there? It's actually on there, obviously on the internet, but it's not actually on my notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he actually started golf quite late. He started playing at 18 months old. <laughs> <laughs> late bloomer. Yeah, very late bloomer. He owns a private jet to take him between golf tournaments. Pretty good fact. Um, another thing that doesn't help whatsoever is he's never been world number one. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Like, well... <laughs> Have we made a mistake having Phil Mickelson in this goal debate here? <laughs> yeah, I'm scratching my head for facts here. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, he was the last amateur to win a, win a PJ Tour title, which is pretty right. good. Yeah. And another thing, this another thing that doesn't help the go debate whatsoever is is collapse in the final hole of the US Open in 2006. Oh, I remember that. Um, he would have been joining Ben Hogan. He's won two majors in a row. Would have been joining Ben Hogan and Tiger Woods, the only players to win three consecutive majors. Yeah. And he was joint leader going into the final round, and uh, he ended up in a tie for second, plus six with with uh, Jeff, one behind Jeff Ogilvy. But he bogeyed the 16th, and then. And funny thing, on the 17th, he hit it into a bin because of a garbage can on here. <laughs> so he hit it into a bin like, and then got a free drop, made par on that one. And then on the 18th, he hit driver off the um, off the, off the hole, very aggressive play. And the ball bounced off the corporate hospitality tent and settled down in like an area of grass. And then he decided to go for the green with a second shot and it clipped the tree. And when we went 50 yards in front of him and then his next shot plugged in the green side bunker, didn't get up and down. And then um, he missed out on one shot to not go on an 18-hole playoff with, with Ogilvy. Yeah. So it was aggressive play, actually. Fucked him up. downfall, yeah. Yeah. And he even said, like, the only thing I can say is that I'm sorry. Uh, I just can't believe I did that. I'm such an idiot. That must so, have played on his mind then, because if he knows, there straight away. Yeah, well, yeah. He's going for three in a row, majors, isn't he? And he's... Just had a bit of a balls up, any really? Yeah. Well, another thing that he done similar to another goat, uh, Nick Faldo, he had a four-year drought of wins, which ended in Mexico in 2018. But he left Butch Harmon, and he went to a fella called Andrew Getson. I've never heard of him from Grey Oak Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona, where he's from. Yeah. And he um he rebuilt his swing, and obviously, and then he started going to the gym, lost a lot of weight because he told him have to keep up with these other guys, and now. He's obviously kept up for so to speak, but then as you see, as soon as he got to 50, he jumped ship, didn't he? So yeah. due to injuries and not being able to keep up, he's he's obviously playing within his means. Two for two so, as well. Exactly, two for two on this. So we can maybe he can be our seniors go to him, hopefully. <laughs> but as I said, it's not really much to go about really with, with, with Phil I just thought I, I tried to stay away from loads of facts and figures about wins and different things and bring a bit, bit more of a touch that people might it might tug on the heartstrings a little bit and might get the votes yeah or might not yeah, it might not as well yeah <laughs> fair enough <laughs> hey well he does, definitely doesn't get my votes anyway <laughs> man neither <laughs> There's only don't think, one man. Don't think, the, don't think there's many that would. There is only one man, and we'll talk about him now. Oh, in fact, one more fact, actually. Let's he go. He actually he wasn't unfaithful to his wife, and he stood by her side 
And it's very unsimilar to Tiger Woods, who is a cheating bastard. That's what it says there in the fact file. Well, I've got some facts here about that, which I'll come on to in a minute. <laughs> oh, the shite that was. I'll, I'll explain all. <laughs> on to Eldrick Taunt Woods. Yeah. Also known as Tiger Woods. Born on the 30th of December 1975, but didn't receive the name Tiger until later. One of the people who his father served in the armed forces with Tiger. He called him Tiger in honour of him, a fellow soldier yeah. and a close friend. Sick that I've read that before. Brilliant. Yeah. There's probably everything I'm going to say. You probably you probably know Tiger is. That's not for me though. It's for the listeners as well. Do you know what I mean? This is it. I just mean in general. Everybody knows Tiger, but I'm hoping that some of the information here is new to people and it'll it's it's quite interesting. So I'd say, I'd say not, not many people would know his name was Eldrick Tont. Eldrick Tont, yeah, I yeah. know. Everyone knows Eldrick, but maybe not the Tont. Yeah. So Tiger was introduced to golf at the early age of two. Late started him. Very late. <laughs> Later than Phil, anyway. Later than Big Philly. <laughs> but by the time he was three years old, uh, he took 48 shots for nine holes at the Navy course. So the Navy course was where his father had playing rights because he was a member of the armed forces. Oh, yeah. Tag used to play that course, and he shot a 48. So it only took him 48 shots at the age of three. Three. A three, right. Okay. So at the age of five, he appeared in Golf Digest. He broke 80 when he was eight years old and he won the age nine to 10 junior world golf championship in the same year. Um, because that was the youngest category available at the time. Fucking hell, man. So he's not even 10 yet, by the way. And he's doing all this. So. And he's the, he's the, he's the goes already. We <laughs> <laughs> finish there. So his, his father, Earl was the, obviously the man who, who took him everywhere, learned him how to play the game. He was a single figure handicapper himself. Uh, mm. Tiger, Tiger first beat Earl uh, at the age of 11. And the following year, age 12, Tiger broke 70. Jesus. Destined, wasn't he? Just destined for greatness. So, obviously, Earl was very competitive, self-proclaimed by Earl himself. And he instilled the competitiveness in Tiger from an early age, so much so that Earl studied all of Jack Nicholas's records and then set targets for his son to beat them along the way. Yeah, did he, yeah? Yeah. So at the age of 15, Tiger was the youngest player to win the US Junior Amateur, uh, which is now being beat by Jim Liu, who beat that in 2010. But at the age of 15, Tiger went on to win three in a row. So he won at age 15, 16 and 17. At 16, he competed in his first PGA Tour event, although he missed the cut. Um, but he was named Amateur of the Year um, in a number of different categories that year. At the age of 17, so he'd won... The US junior amateur, age 15, 16, and 17, that same year as a 17-year-old, he became the youngest player to win the US amateur. It's not the junior amateur, the actual amateur. Uh, obviously, that, that record's now being broken by Danny Lee. He broke that record in 2008. Yes, um, I remember reading that. But age 17, 18, um, and 19, he also won the US amateur three times in a row. Fucking hell. Some so, streak down there. So it's an unbelievable streak. He also played in the 1995 Walker Cup team, but they, they lost, the American team lost the GB and Ireland team, um, who had the likes of David Howell, Stephen Gallagher and Podsey Harrington in the team. Tiger's record for that week was two for two, uh, and he lost his first singles match to Gary Wollstenholm. Do you remember him? Yeah. Remember um, his name? Anything. You know, he's, a, he's a state amateur his whole life, hasn't he? Well, I looked at that because he was, he, he turned professional age 48 and he's now playing on the um, the European Seniors Tour, the Legends Tour. I, I remember when we were in Myers, he was still living with his mum. 
Yeah, he was. And he, he beat was... Tiger. I remember saying some fella lives with his mum still and he's 40 and he beat Tiger Woods. Yeah, he beat Tiger Woods one up um in the in that in that game, but then Tiger got to play him again and Tiger beat him in the sec- second singles game four and three. Oh right, so was a... So he's not eighteen yet and he's done all that. So aged eighteen, Tiger went to Stanford University. Um, who at the time were the 1994 NCAA champions, so it was not soft there, is he, picking the reigning champs? Um, they picked him, no, didn't he? Well, yeah. They, 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 Dave, they, Dale Haver or whatever? I think there was about 60, if I remember rightly, 60 or 70 at university and colleges that tried to take him. How many tried to take you? Um, <laughs> or were you 70, were you, 74. You, you just rocked up in Missouri, <laughs> knocking on the door, saying, I... Uh, I've come all this way. Let me do a turn. <laughs> I just messaged Danny because Danny was there and just said, Danny, just tell him I'm as good as you and we'll get over. <laughs> so, yeah, 18, he went to Stanford University. Um, and in 1995, he won his first collegiate event that he played in. Uh, the same year, as, as I mentioned before, he defended his US amateur title um, and played in his first major championship from his 2017 US amateur victory at Augusta. And he made the cut that year. He was the only amateur that year to make the cut. Um, the following year and his last year in college, because he only done two years before he turned pro, he won his third consecutive US amateur, which we spoke about there. Um, and he also won the individual NCAA championships in his final year as an amateur and the silver medal in the 1996 Open at Royal Lytham St. Anne's. So that's his amateur career. Um, obviously, he's he's done quite a lot just in the amateur in the amateur game alone. And then he decided to turn pro in 1996. So he made he sounded well, that he didn't just it's obviously so like projected the, the career because he could have just you, you think you're that good, you're playing all these doing these records, like you think you'd be just turning pro, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? But obviously stuck but, it out a bit longer, and he yeah, and what I got from that was he's played in the uh, on the PJ tour event, hasn't he? In two thousand in nineteen ninety-four, ninety-five, uh, and he missed the cut. But then he's played the 1995 championship. That's his first taste of a major, and he's made the cut. He played the 1996 Masters, um, and then he's thought, right, that's it, I'm going to turn pro. So he he turned pro, I think it was August 1996, signed a lucrative deal with Nike and Titler, so that always helps. And then that same year, that following year, sorry, he'd won the 1997 Masters championship, which we know by, by 12 shots, and then two months later became world number one. Uh, and he holds the record for the fastest time from turning professional to become world number one. And he still holds that record. Was it about three weeks in the professional sounds like? <laughs> well, he turned pro in August 96. He won the 97 Masters in would have been in April, wouldn't it? And then two yeah. months later, so May, June. So yeah, he wasn't he wasn't professional 12 months before he got to world number one. Unreal. So, yeah. So he played he played shite in 98, but we can let him off with that because he was suffering with a condition called myopic. No idea what it is, but supposedly it affects your eyes. So he went for surgery in nineteen in, in, in late 98, 99. And then in 1999, he went on to win eight times, including the PJ champs. That's yeah. just the adds to his list of surgeries, really, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. But <laughs> And this is what you were talking about before, about him cheating and things. But I've heard along the grapevine that these surgeries that you get only last 10 years, right? Which means that, by 2009, his eyes would have went to fuck again. Oh, so he thought he was shagging his bed, but it was someone that loads of other people. This is what <laughs> I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. So he had that crash. Didn't oh, he? sorry, love. Is that not you? Is that not you, Alan? 
<laughs> oh, we let you alone. <laughs> so, so 10 years later, his eyes go to fuck. He's obviously had that crash where he's crashed into a fire hydrant because he's obviously can't see what, what's happening. Uh, and then spread loads of rumours about Tiger, sleeping with loads of women, which are all fit, false. Um, and because he's struggling with injuries at the time, He's obviously thought, you know what, this is a good chance for me to take some time off and get better. What an opportunity that would be for me to come back. The greatest comeback ever. Mm, right. Fact check, or are we having that? Well, I just don't know. You'd have to sort of deny his whole press conference where he said, I was wrong, I cheated, and I lied. I thought because of money and power that I could fuck who I wanted. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's indefensible then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can only try. He was he, he was up to no good, wasn't he? And that's probably the only downfall to an unbelievable career. So now 99- like I remember I remember saying when it when it first came out, like so he should, he deserves to do whatever he wants. He's the man. <laughs> <laughs> There's no no eyes, no nothing, just it's Tiger Woods. Yeah, do what you want, mate. Unbelievable. So yeah, so 1999, um, he'd gone. As I said, there he's gone back. He's won eight times, including the PJ Champs. He's, and then the year 2000 comes. Tiger won nine of 20 tournaments he entered that year, um, which included three of the four majors. He won six PGA Tour events in a row, winning the US Open by 15 shots. That's some going. Unbelievable. He went on in 2001 to win the Masters, so he held all four majors at the same time. And although he's not given the title as the Grand Slam, it's now known as the Tiger Slam because he's got yeah. all four, four in the one go. Um, and in 2000, that same year, he won all those events. He broke the record for the lowest score in average in tour history and still holds that today. Yeah, that's unbelievable, isn't it? So after winning the Masters in 2001, he failed to defend any of the three majors that year, but did defend the Masters in 2002 uh, and then went on to win the 2002 US Open by three shots. Do you know what that was against? It evades me. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> Phil Mickelson. <laughs> so uh, after that, his form slipped in majors. He didn't win any majors in 2003 and 2004. But the fact that he's being judged to say that his form slipped just because he never won majors is fucking mad in itself, isn't it? No, absolute joke. So you don't win majors, so your form slips. Well, he actually won five times in 2003 and just won in 2004. Um, but it was in 2004 where he lost his world number one ranking to VJ Singh. Um, no, I remember they brought out fucking VJ Singh golf yeah. on the on the PlayStation. It's like leg it, mate. Yeah, get to fuck. Where's my man? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was back at it in 2005. Uh, he won two majors, then a further two majors in 2006, and then one each year in 2007 and 2008. Um, and the then 2008 was on one leg, wasn't it? When he was. Bollocks to Rock Media. Against Rock Media, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And had that unbelievable 18th, 18th hole. He got up and down and hold that monster to get the 18 hole playoff on it. But then, obviously, as I mentioned, his eyes went a bit funny uh, and then loads of lies were circulated about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, never won another major then until last year, 2019, when we seen that absolute miracle at Augusta. Spectacle, wasn't it? Unbelievable. So, in his 87 major championships, he's made the cut 74 times. Going in there. Yeah. So, he's won 82 PGA Tour events, which includes his 15 major championships, and he's won 18 WGC events. All right, all right. <laughs> Have you seen that video where the, the Mickelson and Tiger on the tee? Yeah. Introducing the 97, 2002, do that, and then, and then he keeps going on and on, and Mickelson just goes, all right, all, all right. right. All right, all right. <laughs> 
It is though, but in his whole career, he's played 365 events and he's made the cut 332 times. There's only 30, 30, 33 events that he's not made the cut in. I know, and he's bollocks. And he's finished second 31 times as well. Just thought I'd get that in. But as I say, it's the GOAT debate. Obviously, we, we Tiger's flying through next week, so part two of Tiger will come next week. There's plenty more to say, so anybody listening who thinks you haven't mentioned this, you haven't mentioned that, don't you worry. That's all coming next week when we talk the full GOAT debate. We could, yeah. do, a whole, we could do a whole show for Tiger, which would be an hour, two hours in itself. Yeah, easy, man. It is. But, but that's... Obviously, Tiger wins. That's why I keep saying it's just more of a Phil Mickelson fact file on it, really. It was a few little bits in there. Phil's no one's failure, is he? Do you know, he's no fucking hell. He's the boy, isn't he? Absolutely smashed it himself. Yeah, what a career he's at. But no one really, no one can really come up one on one on one with Tiger Woods, apart from Jack. Really, when we're doing these goals, only Jack can come up on like. It's like when you play a pairs match, you need Jacks to come up against them on the majors. You need Sneed to come up against them on this. You need someone else to come up against them on the putting. You need, you know, you, you need an army to take them on, really. You, you, need, every, every you need Arnie's army. Arnie's <laughs> army, yeah. <laughs> to take them on, yeah. But back onto the golf, the European tour then. So we've got the tour championship. The big finale. The big finale. The European tour comes to an end. Back in action for the final time at the Jumeirah Golf Estates. The Dubai World Championships. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I can't wait yeah. for it. There's a I couple see of Tommy back in action. Tommy's got a great chance. There's only four players um, that can, if they win, don't need to rely on anybody else. And that's the top four Patrick Reed, Tommy Fleetwood, Colin Morikawa, and Lee Westwood. They can guarantee being crowned number one European golfer should they win the tournament this week. Anyone from fifth and below will need to yeah. rely on others. So if somebody fifth or sixth wins and Reed comes second or whatever, then Reed will go on to win it. So, yeah, I've seen um, Westwood's won it twice as well 2000 and 2009. And he's yeah. also won this year in the Middle East as well. So I'd say he'd be licking his chops, honey. Westwood will be right up for it. Yeah, yeah. Tommy, Tommy's a previous winner as well, 2017. We all know about that one. Yeah, but I mean, Westwood's won this year in in the Middle East, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I know. So, you know what I mean? It's like it's a good flow, good memories. Definitely, yeah, definitely. But you know what's a, what's a crazy one? Colin Morikawa, if he wins, he'll have won and become number one European golfer without actually playing a tournament in Europe. What? Is he, that's, yeah? That's, that's yeah. magical because I... Read that Tiger has won enough money through Opens and through European Tour events to win the European Tour money list, like the Order of Merit, but he didn't play enough events. So maybe they changed the criteria. Because not all the European Tour events are played in Europe, are they? So oh, can... I see what you mean. So he's actually played enough events, just not actually on the continent of Europe. He's not actually played in at one of the events in Europe. And obviously, uh, to, to, Dubai, Dubai is not Europe. So if he wins in Dubai you'll have become European's number one player and the first American as well because Patrick Reed, if he wins, and, and Americans never won it. So can you imagine yeah. that? The first American to win it without actually playing in Europe, it's going to cause absolutely fucking mayhem. Taking isn't the it? piss, isn't it? Literally taking the piss, yeah. But another thing which is obviously compares, and I know um, there's a alliance now, isn't there, between the PJ Tour and the European Tour, and they're going to be working together to get more players and more events and stuff. Um, yeah. But but when you compare and contrast the the money as well, the winner this week takes home three million dollars, which is nothing to sniff your nose at. But then you compare oh. that to what you win on the FedEx; it's it's uncomparable, isn't it? No, I know. Yeah, what do you have? Fifteen million or something? Yeah, fifteen million. So it's a fifth 
a fifth of, of what you what you'd win in in the FedEx. So it's going to be sixty five players who are competing this week. Um, but under the pointing system, only sixty of the of the of the sixty five, the top sixty, will be able to win because where there's normally two thousand points at stake um, in in a tournament. And a, a small percentage of that will go to the to the winner. I think it's like 400, 500 points or whatever. It's 12,000 points and the actual winner will get 2,000 points. So that's why mathematically there'll be a, a lot that needs to happen. But mathematically, um, any one of the players can, can win. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. All the more reasons to fucking kneecap Patrick Reed then, isn't it? <laughs> It's like you don't want him to win, no? <laughs> no, he's a fucking Do you know what's interesting, though? Well, it's interesting. It's also annoyed me a little bit. Is of the top 60 players in the order of merit, um, there's a list of 10 that aren't playing. You've got. I've seen John Rahm's not playing. He's defending champion. It's like, what? And he's European. Doing? I know. You should have to defend your crown, really. Do you know what I mean? Unless you've got something seriously up with you. Oh, that's what I mean. Unless there's something like physically wrong or he can't physically get there, I think it's a joke, mate. Mm-hmm. Like he should be that Louis who stays in his eighth place at the moment, so he's got a great chance to win it. I mean, this could change. When, when does the tournament well, start? Uh, in Louis two who days? stays hasn't played the last two events either, has he, in South Africa? So that's it must be something up for him. Maybe there's something there then. Yeah, you got mm-hmm. Lucas Herbert, Australian. He's 10th and he's not there. Like, obviously. He, it must be the whole travel restriction nonsense, mustn't it? That everyone's dealing with. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Well, put there's no Paul Casey, English. He's not there. Rory McIlroy from Northern Ireland. He's not there. John Ram, Spanish. He's not there. Shane Lowry, Irish. He's not there. So you've got all these players who are European players who, for one reason or another, are not supporting this final event. So I just don't think it's good. Good going, me, but it's it is no, what it is, not isn't at it? Thirty seventh place, Adam Scott. Obviously, he's Australian. Ryan Fox, he's not playing. Tony Fino, he's in, he's 40th. He was eligible to play. He's not playing. And the Mexican, Abia Mansa, he's 50th. And he's not playing. He's going to stay, though, man. Oh, yeah, he's in Mexico anyway. Yeah, don't blame yeah. him. But um, it's all about, all I care about this week, really, is Mr. Consistent, leading the field in scoring average this year, isn't he? 69 points something. And he's never been outside the top three in the last three seasons. Mr. Fleetwood? Tommy, Tommy, bring Tommy. Bring it home. And don't just bring it home in some sort of weird way. Get the tournament done. Won. Yeah. Won and dusted. Played, played Portugal Masters, finished third, was it? Played yeah. the played the Scottish Open, lost in a playoff to Ram. So he's very comfortable, isn't he? He's won in Dubai before. So, you know, he's he's very comfortable in these in these situations. He's second, so he doesn't have to win the tournament. It'd be That's amazing. what I mean. But like, don't even leave it. Put it in your hands. Take it the ball by the horns and just. One, one thing is done. for sure. One thing is for certain. If he wins, he brings it home. Both of them, the title and the race to the bike winner, yeah. two two time, and still only still only young. So very young. Still under thirty years of age. Still with a plenty plenty more in the bag to do. Then he can start getting them majors won. Then. Hey, another thing about Tommy. Did you see that drill that he was doing when he was like live? Going cack-handed and then swapping his grip over at the top of the swing. Yeah, I did see that. It must be stop to stop him flipping out, flipping the hands over. Possibly, I have no idea. Yeah. After yeah. that, PJ professional David Gosco. Uh, I already have. That's how I'm coming with that information. <laughs> <laughs> you just passing that off as your own there. I was, I was gonna. If you didn't say that, I was just gonna let that flow. But now it's I had to, to own it up. Fucking rap move there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> PJ professional Kevin Whitaker. <laughs> yeah, soon. 
So we've mentioned they'll be staying the same site this year um, as they played last week, but they're going to be playing the other course. The Jumeirah Golf Estates, it's a par 72, measures 7,675 yards. And like last week, there's some beastie holes on this one. The ninth is a par four that measures 499 yards. The 15th is a par five that measures 626 yards. And the last hole, par five, measures 620. I love par five last holes, you know, because it's... So much can happen in it. It's so much can happen in it. Eagles, birdies, nobbing in the water. Anything can happen, can't Driver three woods a difficult shot. It's a difficult shot, isn't even for the pros. Do you know what I mean? It's not like hitting yeah, drive, not like hitting driver eight and then three woods can go anywhere, can't they? <laughs> Joe, it's funny that you're saying that, right? <laughs> I went back, I was flicking through the earlier episodes of the podcast, and you just go, Fucking hell, DJ, just hit three wood and it's six sides of middle of green and McBurdy. No, it driver it's three wood, middle of green, McBurdy. It's not hard, is it? And I just go, it's actually quite fucking solid, really. <laughs> <laughs> just come to me, break to me now, like on the third episode or something. <laughs> I mean, think about it, it's fucking hard, like, isn't it? Oh, it's fucking solid, man. Yeah, no, brilliant. But I'm looking forward to this. The Tour Championship, the race to Dubai, man. Really looking forward to, to seeing yeah. it. Talk sort of wrapping up, innit, winding up. The go debates wrapping up. Everyone's fucking gutted about that. Like, FedEx was like, like a couple of weeks ago, that sort of wrapped up and it's like a new season now, but it's, Few little mini mini thing. There was no Tiger Woods is not playing, and then now this is coming to an end. And also the women's is coming to an end because you got the last major, the British Open, on this week as well, isn't it? I fucking hope it's not the British Open. I only have about four hours of light to try the US Open. <laughs> I mean, <it> is... <laughs> I mean the US Open. Sorry. <laughs> Do you know what that is? I'm actually wrong for the British Open there. Uh... Yeah, but that's the final but... major for the women as well. Yeah, worth a mention. That'll yeah, be on. Definitely. That'll be on the night. There's no PJ tournament tour event this week, so um, being interesting, being interesting one to watch. But one thing we've also got to mention is coming up is that the PNC event. Greg Norman's entered it with his son. No, uh, when's that? That is, I think it's the week before Christmas, like the the nineteenth or the twentieth or something like that. Yeah. All right, I see. Is it yeah. a four day? I don't know. I don't you know can't be dragging plays. your kids around four days. I think it's just that. an eighteen. I think it's just an eighteen-hole playoff. Play oh, is it? Is or, it? Yeah. Or two days, maybe. I can't imagine a couple of days before Christmas to be having a big four-day event with kids. Probably just a one-rounder. But I know John Daly will be there with his son. I'm not sure whether Jack Nicholas will be there with his son. I know. We'll bring we'll bring more facts on that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll review that next week as part <laughs> yeah. of our, as part of as as we close off the, the first season and we get ready for for next year. Nice, that's it. Well, lots to look forward to really coming up. To be fair, yeah. there is. Yeah, um, we've got a few more professional routes to, to to release over the next couple of weeks. We've just, if you've not listened to, we've just released um, our interview with Paul Kinnear. Great kid, yeah. great quality golfer, amazing amateur career. Um, played as an amateur in on the European tour. Played in the the Open Championship as an amateur. Um, represented England. Played for his county. Won countless. Events don't want to ruin the episode for you, but oh, yeah, basically, decided to do the whole podcast again. There, <laughs> how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but one more thing before we go there that I've just read earlier today it says, I'll read the headline it says, Breakaway Premier Golf League passes ahead with plan to land top players. And it's this, this um venture capitalist group called the Rain Group that yeah. it, um it says, not dissuaded by the European and PJ Tours Alliance. Um, that they're going to bring like a, a league like to rival the European Tour and try and get a few of the big names McElroy, Stenson, who else? John Ram, 
few of the other names that name that they're going to try and start to get to start playing in their events. So I don't know if they're going to come with major dough for them or what they're about. But it's do you know yeah. it's good we do need more tours though I think because what we're finding with the professional what you've just mentioned there is. You're getting you're getting lads who are who are not earning no money on these smaller mini tours, and they're giving it a year or two, and they're not they're not breaking through, and they and they're giving up, or they're not putting yeah. as much effort and time as they should. Whereas, you know, a lot of the it's 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 very rare that you get an a good amateur turns professional, plays a season or two, and they're making money. It doesn't no, happen. No, yeah. It's a four or five years. I, like, I don't know that any of the ins and outs, money wise, anything about this tour, but I just read it then. I thought we've had one bit of breaking news with the Korean shaft, and I thought give them another bit of breaking news. Well, there's there's three breaking news as well because obviously not a lot of people knew about that that Tiger Woods scandal and that it was all fake. So oh yeah, well there you go, three absolute <laughs> oh, hot off the presses this week, <laughs> <laughs> delivering for the people as always. As always, we are there. No, well, but, yeah, man, boss chatting to you again, brother. Love it. Love it. Amazing. Looking forward to next year. We've got the Order of Merit at a final, final stage, would we call it? How would we call no, it? I'd say we've just put it into makings of trying to work out formulas to get the spreadsheet to be able to calculate to whatever fucking system that you've put in place because it's that complicated. <laughs> it's going to batter, batter heads, never mind, like our heads, never mind people. So it's well, it on is. the way. It's complicated for us, but it's very easy for the entrants and anyone who wants to participate. So yeah, just is. to give just to give a slight bit of insight into into where it's going is you'll get four selections each week. Uh, each selection will come from a category of players based on the world rankings. So you can have a maximum of 150 participants in any given tournament. So we'll give the list of the tournaments that are going to be eligible. And then each week you will choose one player from each category. So rankings from 1 to 30 in the world rankings you'll pick one player from there and then from 30 to 60 60 to 90 90 to 120 for an example from the world rankings you'll have a bucket of players you'll pick one player from each one and then dependent on how they finish in the tournament will depend on how many points you get so if you pick somebody in the lower tier who's ranked maybe 105th in the world and they go on to win you'll get more points than say you picked a Dustin Johnson who went on to win yeah, and likewise, if Dustin Johnson missed the cut, you'll lose more points than you would if the person who's 150th loses more points. And then, in addition to that, so the the points scale will be slightly tailored to the participants that 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 you choose. And we'll also have bonus points for and for the top three for different statistics, so driving accuracy, greens and regulation, um, and puts. There's plenty of points to play for, um, and the prizes are going to be bigger than than ever. Say ever, we've went. There's only the second time doing it, so bigger than last time. There's going to be a prize. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there was a prize, wasn't there? He won the uh, entrance into the bowling yeah, golf Yeah, Joe did. So we've got some. We've got some. Yeah. We've got some good interest in it. Um, bear with us; it will be ready for the new year for when the first tournaments, first and second tournaments, starts in January. We'll have a full schedule of tournaments. We'll have a full list of rules and and instructions on how to play and anybody can enter yeah so there you go you've heard it heard it here first watch this space watch this space yeah we've got it all coming but no i really enjoyed it i'm looking forward to another great week of golf um come on tommy bring it on mate be amazing if he does it if not then it's another great year for him and Cracking on again for next year. Good luck to to Finno and Tommy on the bag as well. Good luck, boys.
Right then. But until next week, we will catch you all soon. Ciao. Oh, boy, is he out of sync.